1: recorded live.
0: Hey, welcome to the American Liberties. It's a Wednesday night call, it's August 30th. One more day and this month is over and then the Labor Day weekend. Anyhow, um you know, for those who got the email um uh, the September 5th uh seminar has been um uh, postponed. Uh, actually David came up had a brainstorm, you know, that storm that goes on inside his head and and uh and, and things happen when, when that happens, let me tell you. And some good stuff comes out of it. So uh, it's real it's gonna be real interesting. Um I just got a uh a feeling, uh a summary of, of what he's thinking it's it's gonna be awesome. So with that being said, I really don't have any comments to state at this time, so I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to Dave. Dave, are you on?
2: Thanks. Yeah, Chris is speechless. Hear that, everybody?
0: Welcome to the
2: American Liberties Call Wednesday, August something, 2017, thereabouts. Uh, my name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. I hope you've been to my YouTube channel to check out the new, uh, the newly posted videos uh, over the last couple weeks. And uh, I hope you've listened to the Lowell B. Craft interview, the most recent one. I think it was August 2nd. Uh, you really want to hear that interview? Uh, he tells people to check out my website, check out my materials. Calls me a diligent student of the law. He's never done that for anybody. I hear that in 1986 he endorsed the research foundation in Hawaii and its approach to abating criminal charges through the the reliance defense. I'm doing the exact same things with my arguments. It's a reliance defense, purely going on record with your belief. He did it with an annual statement over there in Hawaii. Uh, His uh, students of the foundation would file an annual statement in lieu of tax return. He beat the government over 200 times in bankruptcy court for his clients, and uh, the government hates that. And uh, uh, I heard from him that Beecraft endorsed him and his approach in 1986. Other than that, I don't know of any positive thing Mr. Becraft's had to say about anti-taxers <laughs> such as myself. I am anti-tax, but I'm not in the anti-tax movement. Uh, You can go ahead and call me anti-tax. I can prove it's not even a tax, so that's kind of a misnomer to start with, but it's an easy hook. I'm anti-crime. I'm a crime fighter. I'm a whistleblower. So uh, you show me a tax, and I'll I'll object to it. Show me extortion, and I'll file criminal complaints. So uh, Monday at 5 p.m., a man called Chris, Chris called me, we conferenced, and he says, uh, hey, seven counts of tax evasion under state tax law here in such and such a state. And uh, I looked up his state's law, and there's that federal nexus, the, the law that says gross income for this, our purposes here in this state are the same as the definition of gross income in the Internal Revenue Code. <clears throat> Thank you. So uh, they got an indictment. He has filed a rescission and revocation, a notarized document uh, revoking all prior signatures and filings and the rest of whatever he goes in there, and and the reasons why. He cited tax statutes. He cited Supreme Court cases. Mm -hmm. If you've been listening, you've heard me quote the... James Back trial memorandum from the government. The government's trial memorandum against James Back, they define innocence in that memorandum. Someone with a good faith misunderstanding of the law. Well, didn't he tell you that he had such and such an understanding of the law and you go and indict him? Really? So I put them up against the definition of innocence in the government's memorandum, from the federal level, Anchorage, Alaska, September 22, 2014, document number 77 in the case of U.S. versus James R. back. you hear anybody else giving you docket numbers? Do, uh, document numbers right off the docket of cases? And there's the government's definition of innocence, a good faith misunderstanding of the law. Well, he obviously possesses exactly that, and so he's obviously innocent, and they indicted him after they received his notice. Well, since he's innocent, and since the law doesn't even impose the tax, they have charged him with failing to pay, tax evasion, Uh, since the law doesn't even impose the tax, and since he's innocent because he doesn't have a, a, uh, criminal intent isn't the prosecution in fact an attempted kidnapping because a kidnapping is an unlawful abduction, seizing, inveigling, decoying of somebody else or uh, and that's federal And it's federal, they said, if they use the mail in furtherance of this. So here we have people that are scheming without the law on their side to deprive somebody of their liberty in a kidnapping. You can't call it uh, a criminal charge. There's no offense. And so it's a false complaint. And Section 241 prohibits a conspiracy against rights and says 10 years in prison max unless the conspiracy involves a kidnapping or an attempted kidnapping. Then mm-hmm. it could be up to any, any years uh, of imprisonment, up to life or even the death sentence. That makes a malicious prosecution a capital offense. There's no statute of limitations on a capital offense. Do you think Eddie Kane believed what he was doing was legal? Larkin Rose is harder to defend. Uh, I think didn't he have like uh billions in uh personal uh uh, international bills of exchange, or some darn personal security, or something. There's uh, one of these guys totally indefensible. Uh, you you can't even approach reasonableness with what they did. They ran up, you know, trillions in debt on these uh, commercial needs or whatever. But you take somebody that's close to reasonable. <clears throat> they made their best effort trying to figure out exactly. Uh, what the tax code is and is not, and they came up with the, the gov- what the government says is the wrong answer and acted upon the wrong answer, and bingo, they're indicted, not for what they did, but for being wrong. So there's, there's people that have gone to prison that were obviously innocent. Um, James Back is one of them. He filed those tax returns. And, uh, just because they convinced the jury doesn't mean it was correct. And, uh, if you don't believe you've broken any law, um, you better go on the record yesterday with a statement to that effect because you can pull it right out of their hands. No criminal charges because I don't believe I have a duty. Number one, the law doesn't even reach me for these two reasons. And you've all heard those arguments repeatedly on these calls. And number two, I don't believe for one minute I'm in violation of any laws. The five most important words in the English language. I haven't broken any laws. So the director, uh, the commissioner of revenue of that state and his investigator that testified for the grand jury and the prosecutor, John Doe, uh, who we don't know who it is yet, that brought the indictment or got the indictment, they've been named in a criminal complaint for the death penalty by the citizen. He's reporting a capital offense that's, been, that's ongoing that's being committed against him at this moment. There's a warrant out, and they're conspiring to arrest him and put him in prison on false charges. Who would not go on record with a statement to the contrary if the government said you believe you have a duty and not believing you have a duty happens to mean you're innocent? Yeah, I'm innocent. Uh, I'll get in my sleeping bag. I'll sleep right here by their door until they come in tomorrow morning. So they know first thing, excuse me, I haven't broken any laws. What's this all about? And secondly, you knew in advance I didn't break any laws. Now you're qualified for the death penalty. You know, funny thing about capital offenses. uh, First, I'll tell you a not funny thing about other offenses. If it's a felony, you got five years to prosecute it, meaning if it's 5 years or more after the felony has been committed i no longer have the right to make a citizen's arrest in washington state the the uh, the statute of limitations on a felony committed by a public servant is 10 years so you got 10 years in washington for a capital offense there is no statute of limitations so By falsely prosecuting somebody, the prosecutor and, presumptively, their boss, their bosses, are subject to citizen's arrest for life because they're subject to prosecution for life. So if a great case is made for somebody that's already in custody or has been uh, convicted and is in prison or possibly has already gotten out of prison and they can make a great case for innocence and prior knowledge of innocence on the part of the prosecution. Why not complain for the death penalty in your own criminal complaint? You're required to report law uh, violations of felony statutes to the government. 18 U.S.C. Section four says so. And so that's all you'd be doing, but picture the, the opposing camp. Uh, I like to litigate for discomfort. I don't like to litigate just to win. I like a confirmed kill. I like a, a convincing victory with, with stars. And so, uh, gosh, you're, you brought false charges against me. You know this law doesn't apply to me, or you know that I'm innocent, Or for any number of reasons, if they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, and they have no lawful basis for it, how is it not a death penalty under 18 U.S.C. 241 for an attempted kidnapping and the use of the mail to accomplish it? How is it not? And so the direct, the the commissioner of revenue for that state, then you've got Federal prosecutors who have brought genuinely false charges against people like Sherry Jackson. She goes around the country holding seminars about there is no requirement to file and they charge her with willful failure to file. Something like that. <laughs> How do you do that? Well, those prosecutors are qualified for citizens' arrest for the rest of their lives and could at any time their prosecutors face the death penalty. Where is we the people and Jack Schultz picture how much of a problem we can make for the government with a group of that size tuned into the fact that a malicious prosecution warrants the death penalty? And suddenly start complaining that all the prosecutors that prosecute with a law they know doesn't even apply to Americans because they got my briefing January 06 that we want them all put to death. Doesn't that sound fun? To just go on a campaign with the brief already written for you saying these are our conclusions, these are the government's answers, they're terrible answers, you can't even deny that you're screwing us this way and that way, these two particular ways. And so, all those prosecutions were false. And we want every prosecutor that's handled the tax case prosecuted and put to death because the law provides for it. And they've had the briefing for how many years? They've had the Section 83 argument since when? Oh, January of
1: 93. I could prove it. <laughs> so they've had all this proof
2: all this time, and they still prosecute. Well, that's, you know, I got to wonder why Congress made the death penalty available. Uh, I think we're kind of looking right at it when we look at the anti-tax movement and the way everybody's treated. 99% of the people that go to prison don't believe they broke the law. And no inquiry is ever made by the government. Do you think you broke the law? Did you know you're breaking the law by doing this? What were you thinking when you did this? The government never says that. You've been indicted. You don't plead guilty by Friday. We're going to indict your wife, too. That's what the government says. So um, this newly discovered equation, uh, I've never heard anybody put it together like this before, but there is a clause in the law where a certain bracket of enforcement earns you the death penalty. Now, do you suppose the uh, the prosecutor that busted you for driving while license suspended or for driving without everything? Uh, do you suppose they knew that the the law in your state had never been written to apply the motor vehicle code to anything other than those engaged in commerce? Did you notify them of that? Did you find the earliest law on record for motor vehicle regulation in your state? Did you find very limited definitions of motor vehicle and public highway to prove that at one point in time, it only applied to those engaged in commerce? And at no point in time since has the legislature expressed an intent to broaden the scope of this statute to apply to other subjects. just like I did with the public vehicular travel issue in Washington state. Uh, Google.com, do a search for open as a matter of right to public vehicular travel. You'll get millions of hits. It's in the law everywhere. Back to, was it a malicious prosecution? Well, do they have a law that applies to me? They can't put it on the record, Your Honor. They don't have a law that broadens the motor vehicle code to apply to anything other than those engaging commerce. And so this is a malicious prosecution, a conspiracy to deprive me of my liberty that includes a kidnapping or an attempted kidnapping. That's what this is. Kidnapping is unlawfully seizing, abducting, decoying, or inveigling somebody. Illegal? Yeah, well, they had to violate 18 U.S.C. 241 to do it conspiracy against my rights. That makes it illegal, doesn't it? And so the traffic case where they're after your liberty under a law that doesn't apply to you earns them the possibility of the death penalty. Wasn't that easy? State income taxes. Well, you got to use federal provisions to figure them. Federal law doesn't impose an income tax on the value of labor. All property is a cost. False prosecution. Death penalty.
1: See how brutal this is?
2: This is brand new. I've never heard anybody say this. Everybody always runs immediately, and I did for many years, right, to tort. Oh, the prosecutor's immune because where the police officers lost qualified immunity because, and everybody thinks of suing, and getting damages. Well, what about handcuffs? Have they broken any criminal statutes? Wow, this one's a whopper. Malicious prosecution gets the death penalty. That's something else. It's stunning. It's just stunning. And uh, putting these two together and writing that criminal complaint. So he calls on Monday, 5 p.m., and says, I got this situation, and uh, we talked to him for almost an hour, and then at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, I had a conference call for an hour, so it was 7 p.m. Pacific before I opened up the indictment to look at it, and 26 and a half hours later, I had the uh, 99% complete rough draft in Chris's email to show that 26 and a half hours after I spoke to the guy, this is the, the answer to the question. Hey, Dave, this is my situation. What would you do? Bingo. And what we're going to do is uh, slap a cover caption on it and get an ISBN number for it. When he's served it, he'll get it back to us and scanned, and then we're going to uh, redact all the personal information and make it available as a course on malicious prosecution. So uh, making friends and influencing people. That's thats Dave, don't piss him off. So uh, another question is answered right there. Uh, uh, should you piss Dave off? Oh, I don't know. In 26 hours, he does this to the director of revenue of a state. That's a pretty good answer to the question. Why don't you just sit and listen for a while and see what I have to teach instead? Because, you know, I'd rather be friendly about all this, but some people feel free to just jump into my face and accuse me of being in the Patriot Movement. And, man, got to teach them a lesson. I just did one guy a uh, week and a half ago and and uh, got my blood boiling because uh, they look right at the video where what I'm giving you is pure Law. And he says, This is wacky. You follow this guy, you're going to end up in prison. Okay, so you're looking right at pure law, just statutes and regulations, not even the words, just the numbers on the board. And I'm referring to only numbers of statutes and regulations. And he says that it's wacky. Okay, you just revealed how small, really, you can't even call it a small education. There's nothing there to call an education. Oh, so, so anyway, on the other end of the learning curve, uh, really, I'm, I'm very tickled by this equation for the death penalty clause in 18 U.S.C. 241. And I think some good can be done with it in relation to tax movement prosecutions. The people that file OIDs, However far into outer space they may may appear to be, when you look at what they did, they didn't think they were breaking the law. And if you look at their history, it's going to be nickel and dime at the very most, like driving while license suspended or, you know, uh, built an awning on your porch without a permit or something. You know, it's not going to be anything like they're out burglarizing homes or breaking arms. And so they shouldn't have been prosecuted. The government should say, what you're doing is illegal. Stop it or we're going to prosecute you. And the government never does that. They never put somebody on notice. They investigate them in private, tell the grand jury that the people know they did wrong, so they're criminally intentional, and they get the indictment and destroy lives. So uh, uh, that's the importance of uh, this particular angle. It's like this criminal intent essential element and the case law that's just come out of the Supreme Court, June 1st of 2015, and a year later in May of 2016, two cases on criminal intent. And uh, there's another case that uh, circuit courts are citing, Dennis versus U.S., U.S. versus Dennis, can't remember. Um, out of the Supreme Court from the uh, 1950s, I think it was, but it was before Morissette. And um, so criminal intent is really heating up. There's a lot of cases about it now uh, because since the Supreme Court's decision in 015, a lot of people are trying to fight their convictions with it and fighting for jury uh, instructions on criminal intent. So... uh, It's a hot topic, and there's a lot of material on it to show that, yeah, it's always been the standard. The government set it aside for decades, and that's where you have the government. They're right in the middle of a great big mistake that they can't cover up. It's like dumping 55-gallon drums full of toxic waste into a shallow bay to dispose of them. Sooner or later, we're going to find out, and they got your names on the drums. We know what company did it. It's that stupid. They're right in the middle of something. It's been going on for decades, and it means a violation of due process that's fatal to a conviction. But not only that, if they can be reasonably said or understood or viewed to be uh, possessive of knowledge of your innocence, a person's innocence, before they got the guilty verdict,
1: death penalty.
2: So you look at the big three, fed and state income taxes and motor vehicle code. Isn't that easy? Death penalty. After you notify them with the law and with a uh, verified meaning notarized, declarations that you don't believe you're in violation of any laws, when you don't do this and don't do that, that they say you have to, now you don't have criminal intent and they know you're now innocent. I should say now know that you're innocent. And if they prosecute an innocent person, it's the death penalty. Isn't that easy? So since you're eligible for the death penalty, uh, since you've committed a capital offense or can reasonably be viewed as having done so, I have the right to arrest you for the rest of your life because there's no statute of limitations on your crime. What were you thinking? I got 15 years to plot exactly how I want to arrest you.
1: Can you hear that?
2: They just gave away their life. Their door is open anytime. Anybody wants to arrest them for the rest of their lives. Anyway, sorry to bore you, but I think there's a lot of great work to be done on the uh, most common modes of misenforcement because uh, for traffic, criminal enforcement against travelers, and for state and federal income tax evasion, failure to file, conspiracy to defraud when they've had the briefs forever there's no excuse and they they're right they're they're trapped forever so it doesn't matter how far back you go if you got somebody they reasonably should have thought was innocent
1: they can be arrested at any time the rest of their lives it's it's mind
2: numbing how really intrusive this particular equation of rule uh happens to uh serve us and happens to operate on the perpetrator take this rule that rule this rule they're called laws and they operate this way and malicious prosecution, this 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 remedy has always been right there in front of us as just a matter of putting the right pieces together and bingo, a great big problem I've always heard complaints about, malicious prosecution, and here's the solution. You knew I was innocent. You prosecuted me. Now I can arrest you at any time for the rest of your life. And it's all briefed every bit of it fully briefed so uh, we have new toys because I'm going to make these available and probably convince a couple of heavy hitters I've already convinced Hawaii um, to uh, file criminal complaints that make these allegations and to ask for now there's a uh, uh May 10th of 2017, I think, there was a memo from Jeff Sessions, U.S. Attorney General, to all federal prosecutors saying that they should pursue the most uh, serious and easily proven offenses. And so that's also quoted, and it's included as an exhibit. The memo is quoted in my criminal complaint so anyway uh that's where my head's been at the last couple days so in 26 hours this is like the uh, tattoo parlor owner tutorial uh hey dave it was a monday afternoon hey uh, i'm with al on the phone here he got arrested in san mateo county superior court for contempt of court but uh, he kind of got screwed in a certain way, and they described it to me, and I said, send me a tape recording of the hearing in overnight mail. So Tuesday afternoon, I got the cassette tape. Yeah, this is back in the Bronze Age. Got the cassette tape, listened to the hearing, so I knew exactly what I was listening, or dealing with, and uh, wrote that package of paperwork in the t- uh, tattoo tutorial and got the judge off the case with only a couple days of writing, like three eight-hour shifts. I knew exactly what I wanted to write. I manufactured the paperwork, got it all print-worthy on uh, pleading Wizard with the lines down the side and everything, delivered to them in email, and uh, they were filing it. I think they started on a Friday afternoon. So three days' work, one particular project, get rid of the judge. I took it on as a pet project to answer the question, what would you do, Dave? And uh, here's what i do, and bingo, the judge couldn't wait to get off the case. And in this instance, uh, hey, I've got this indictment. Uh, I filed a rescission or revocation of signatures saying that because of all these laws, I don't have any duties, and they indicted me anyway. What would you do, Dave? Okay, 26 and a half hours later, a uh, 28-page criminal complaint with authorities, uh off in the email to this man for proofing and final approval so uh wait with bated breath while we uh lunch bucketize it take all the personal information out of it and we're going to make that available and the complainant now is going to have a book he can call chris and say i need 10 copies of my book and Chris will order 10 copies from the publisher, and they'll be sent directly to his house so that anybody he gives it to is going to know that it's a published criminal complaint for the death penalty against a state director of revenue for prosecuting somebody that pulled some Patriot Movement stuff on paper. (laughs) And uh, when you see it's a great desk reference about criminal intent, about the perils of malicious prosecution. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad to do it. Ultimately, that'll include a screen capture video, and you'll be able to get get this in Microsoft Word so that if you've got a, a posture such as those who get indicted, you might really want to take a look at the, If you have a conviction, you'd like to accuse them of having obtained falsely this way uh it's just anytime they attempt to get your liberty and pretty soon they're going to stop attempting when the doj sees enough of these these uh criminal complaints asking for the death penalty i don't know i kind of feel it's time to reassess the policies
0: <laughs>
2: and uh we might just be able to convince them to do exactly that uh, if we gang up on them on a couple of indictments on a couple of uh, of done-and-over-with convictions. You say, these are false. This person didn't think he broke the law. Everybody knew it. So we want the death penalty for those prosecutors. And we want them to know all of America can arrest them for the rest of their lives. Don't you you think that would have some effect on policy? Because they just fly off the handle first, and they don't care if you're criminally intentional because they'll simply threaten to indict your wife the next week if you don't plead guilty. Common fair. It's what they do. And so a lot of the stuff that's supposed to matter doesn't matter to them. They got a mechanism to get around it. And that's what I'm trying to troubleshoot with this document, is to convince them, oh, hey, it is all just a big mistake. We're very sorry, Mr. Citizen. And uh, you can forget about that indictment, huh? Why don't you just... uh, you go have a good day and, uh, wouldn't that be nice to have the prosecutor just say, well, you know, we, 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 we. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to but, but, but I, I'm, I'm withdrawing the indictment. <laughs> hey, I, I kind of thought you'd say that. I mean, thank you, prosecutor. That's really nice of you. <laughs> Who knows? This is a first. And, uh and it's on fire right now we're about to file this document so uh don't lose track of this call you want to download it as soon as it's uploaded there on talk and uh and stay tuned because uh this is why i postponed the september course is that i want to cover this in the course and uh, uh that seminar is just too close i want to do a capture video review of this document go over the case law nice and slowly and do it right <clears throat> so so anyway uh, that's the latest project and uh, you know the guy called me and when I get a call like that my first reaction first word that goes through my mind is quagmire and the more I listen to the guy by the end of the call I was almost convinced I should take it on just to make it an example of this particular, uh, approach. And, uh, thought about it. Yeah. Okay. You know, and, uh, send the indictment this way over email and he did it. Okay, let's go. And, uh, I just crammed and then rested and then crammed and then rested and thought about exactly where I wanted to go with this. And, 26 and a half hours later, 28-page criminal complaint. And uh, Chris can give you his impression of the complaint. And um, if other property is on the phone instead of just on the computer as usual, he's also seen the complaint. <clears throat> Don't mention the state that it's going to be filing in, uh, filed in, but you're welcome to comment.
0: well he he's not on the phone, but i um uh, I saw it, and it's outstanding and uh I'm almost kind of jealous. I wish we could go back to two thousand and six and do that in in not in lieu of but in in uh in conjunction with what what I did in front of the grand jury but i would love well that. they attempted they attempted to get an indictment
2: an indictment leads to prison It leads to an arrest and might be held pending trial. How is that not an attempted kidnapping? Cause they know the tax code doesn't reach Americans. And so it's still uh, a capital offense. The statute of limitations will never run out on it. Mm-hmm. See how I just reached all the way back to 2007 to pick up an instance where this can be employed 10 years.
0: Another property says it is an extremely powerful complaint. Okay. Yeah. And yes, Speaker 2 is still stands. I, in fact I talked to Dave about that. We're kinda of toying with it right now. I'm in no rush. But uh I I do would like to go back and, and regurgitate some of the the feelings that I had and how I would like to have my justice.
1: Uh, let's,
2: you know, we're going to keep that on one of the burners because it's only going to get easier to do these. This is my first one, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, it turned out swell. I'm pleased with it, and uh, it's uh, nothing we should shy away from. Congress is the one that said the death penalty is apropos. So, um...
0: Okay, there's some questions questions here. Uh, Dave, do you think they would actually be tried for capital punishment for a malicious prosecution
2: never in a million never in a million years however
0: it's not about prosecution it's about
2: plea agreement 95 percent of federal criminal cases close via plea agreement did you know that 95 percent it's about plea agreement it's not about trial so We've brought you up on one charge of conspiracy with your co-conspirators here, you, your prosecuting team. We've brought you up on conspiracy charges, conspiracy against rights of this individual, but it included an attempt to kidnap him. You didn't have a valid charge, but you tried to get him in prison. And so we brought you up on two counts: conspiracy and kidnapping, which means you can face the death penalty under Section 241, conspiracy if you plead guilty, we'll drop that. And you could plead guilty only to the kidnapping charge, which means the possibility of life imprisonment and no death penalty. Or they could go lighter and say, we'll drop the kidnapping. And uh, if you plead guilty to only one count of conspiracy without reference to kidnapping. And so the max would be 10 years in prison. Anything to get away from that death penalty. So all the cards would be in the prosecution's hands if they brought the indictment. They'd get a death penalty or they'd get a plea agreement. No problem at all. And um, then picture the ripple that would go through the justice system, the Department of Justice, the court system. Everybody would suddenly uh, pay a lot more attention to criminal intent. They pay a lot more attention as to whether or not they had a valid basis for a charge. Now the so-and-so went to prison, got disbarred, of course, can't practice law again, felony charge, pled guilty, got 80 months of a 10 year sentence. That's progress. And so it's not about a trial. It's about a plea agreement. All it's easier than a trial. All they have to do is bring the charges. They'll get a plea agreement. It's too easy. And uh, just one of those, if one team of prosecutors were indicted for that, it would be enough to cause a ripple through the entire judiciary and the DOJ because everybody would ask first, you know, the judges would ask first, is the Department of Justice asking me to join in a conspiracy that includes a kidnapping? (laughs) Great question, Your Honor. You want every judge asking themselves that, and you'll get a lot fewer prosecutions out of the tax movement. I'll bet you anything. So uh, there's a lot to work with here, and, uh, and a whole, there's a huge, uh, basically, a, a whole history of targets because it's a capital offense. No regard as to when it happened. No regard as to when the person got out of prison or off of probation. 'Cause it's a capital offense. The statue of limitations never starts to tick. So
0: Okay. Abahut says Wahoo and uh I uh I, LTO says I would like to have that regarding the uh the book you were talking about. Seeker two says in three different lines, uh, let's get started. I do, I'm in. <laughs> and uh, Great And then he says, it it, it, it still stands? Uh, Let me see. It still stands? Uh, What was he talking about? It still stands. When you
2: look at this, it really is too easy to put together. If they were trying to get your liberty and they knew you were innocent, LT, uh, we, we got them to drop his criminal investigation they had going on against him. But if that isn't a conspiracy to get his liberty, I don't know what is. It's not that they knew in advance he didn't believe he had a duty because he didn't really go on record with them until after they had this investigation going. But it is a conspiracy because they knew, and they have prior knowledge, that the law doesn't impose an income tax on what he received. And the tax code doesn't reach Americans. So it is this crime this capital offense for his purposes as well
0: and secret two says found guilty from trial is different from a plea would you still have a case based on this action
1: um yes because uh
2: a guilty You can't plead guilty to a law that doesn't reach you. And now that criminal intent is in the forefront, uh, it probably would be part of your defense as outlined by your defender or your hired attorney. They would know about it now, whereas before they didn't really make a good instruction on this. It was all based on willfulness case law from tax cases. And it's much broader than that when you look at criminal intent uh, broadly, as applied to all criminal statutes, uh, you make a much better argument, so uh, I'm not sure it would be the same now if somebody was indicted. There'd probably be great instruction on criminal intent, so uh, you might not even go to a plea agreement if uh, you think you can make a great stand uh, in front of the jury to say that there's no way I have a duty.
0: Okay, and there's a <laughs> a call on the phone. Let me open them up. I don't I don't recognize the name, so let's find out. Okay, go ahead
1: Hey hey, hey Chappie and uh, Dave, how you guys doing? This is yeah. Rick Hi good. This is Rick on the, the West Coast here. Um I just wanna know this new procedure you've got in place, um hypothetically speaking uh, if if, uh, if a church ministry, hypothetically speaking, was being told that they had to file a tax return and they weren't being given the um, – the they were being asked to violate the fact that they're a church and, and they were legally uh, put in place and they have their corporation under the state charter and all that kind of stuff, but the state is now saying they have to pay a tax, Can you possibly use what you're talking about to come against the state for that purpose?
2: No. Uh, All I've done is taxes relating to the individual.
1: I don't know anything
2: about religious exemptions or the treatment of churches or 501c3s uh, or Corporation Soul. None of that. None of it is in my wheelhouse. I suggest they get a hold of Don Gron. You know how to get a hold of him?
1: Oh, yeah. I've been in touch with him already. Okay. Doing and um, background
2: in uh, talk ideas. to him about this and see what he has to say. And it's not a conspiracy to get liberty yet. It's all about money. Huh. So, no, none of this would apply. However, um, if what they've done is no more than the exercise of a constitutional right, you have Murdoch versus Pennsylvania and its progeny that says you can't tax a right, you can't convert the exercise of a right into crime. We can't license a right. All this other good stuff, like 90 cases that cite Murdoch. Uh, that's somewhere I would go for an
1: argument. Mur- Murdoch versus who?
2: Pennsylvania.
1: Uh, Pennsylvania. Email
2: Chris, okay, and we'll get you there. The, I have a I have a file with like 10 different documents in it. One is Murdoch versus Pennsylvania and each of the nine remaining documents are a Word document. Each of them have, like, nine of those cases in it. So I've got okay. Murdoch, and all the cases that cite Murdoch, I already went through them, and I bold and italicized the uh, pertinent parts. So all the research on Murdoch is already done for you. You're welcome.
1: If you uh, – just curious, if uh, – by the master – I think you made an offer of the master – drive and so is that i assume that's included right
2: uh oh yeah it's on the master
1: okay just want to make sure all right guys thanks so much i appreciate it i'll be in touch with you chappy thanks
0: okay very thank good. you rick
1: you're welcome all right um all
0: right is there any other uh calls i mean excuse me questions um yeah, this, uh, uh, the
2: the very first thing Rick said, he said this, uh, he didn't say uh, this process of years or whatever. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's none of that. It's simply an additional criminal charge that I found in the law that happens to be available for malicious prosecution. So it's nothing I created. It's already in the law. I'm just the first one to put these pieces together. That's all.
0: Okay um all right if uh any other questions comments or statements getting be uh close to the top of the hour and uh that seems to be it
1: okay everybody
0: thanks for everything
2: chris and uh Stay tuned, folks. You can join me Saturday here on Talk Show Noon Pacific, 59615. Oh, no confidence.
0: Wait. Oh, wait. 59615. Oh, by the way, Gov is back up. I mean, it, it was a minute ago, so uh, it is back up. Um, if we have bought the Section 83 and the criminal complaint and have sent the joiner in, how do we get the word document for the letter?
2: Uh, contact Chris and we'll have a conference about it because yeah. the, the letters are very in-depth mm-hmm. and uh, it's, you know, not just anybody can amend them. So a special thought has to be put into uh, uh, how you're going to use them just so that uh, everything goes on the record properly because if you're using exhibits different than the exhibits listed in the letter, then that has to be amended, of course, and then the letter and its references to the exhibits uh, has to be amended. So uh, it's not a something you can just fly out and do. It's uh, it has to be uh, thought out.
0: Okay, very good. Well, is that it for the e- evening, folks? Thank you very much for coming on the call. And, Take care and uh, God bless America. And this call is officially over. Good night